0: Warning: this episode of our super podcast might sound a bit strange and that's because i steph perennans was talking to the back of my microphone the entire time uh my disclaimer for that uh the back of my microphone looks very very similar to the front of my microphone but uh i'm still a right old plum and i hope it doesn't ruin your listening experience too much if it does this podcast is free anyway thank you very much (laughs)
1: and welcome to our super podcast a podcast all about things that we find interesting like comics and video games and music
0: each week we choose a topic and then we talk about that topic we also run down what's happening this week that caught our attention and we end with listener questions hi i'm steph
1: and i'm sweaty
0: yeah it's really hot
1: no joke i'm sarah grayley
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's still really sweaty weather it's um so for those of you who don't know the u k is well renowned for being um normally a very miserable mild slash cold country and it's been hot for like a month and it's ruined it's us
1: it's so horrible We we turned off our fan to record this podcast um it is too hot already
0: yeah it's sun um, it's evening as well we're recording this and it's uh it's eight o'clock in the evening and it's still Hello really buddy. really warm. Oh, it's lovely. Gotta love the summer. And um, I guess we should preface it with, like, um, both me and Sarah have hay fever, so going outside in this weather isn't as, like, fun as it should be.
1: But, you know, good good things as well also happened. You ordered two vests that are the same, so we're both wearing one of those vests.
0: Yeah, Sarah stole my, my second vest. I thought I'd buy two vests of the same design, because I was like, I like their design, I'm going to wear them I've <laughs> you know two to wear like well one like by one when the other's in the wash or whatever but sarah's stolen the other one so thank you sarah you look very nice in my vest thank you you're welcome
1: you you too <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> finally a compliment um uh, our super podcast is now on spotify um if you're listening on spotify hello if you're not listening on spotify it's an option you've now got
1: good great <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was a weird thing where we had to wait until like episode five for it to go on. So as of last week, we can we're now on Spotify. That's some is really good.
1: Fun behind the scenes podcast information for you.
0: You could say that was a good thing this week.
1: Oh yeah, what else was good this week?
0: Uh, good things of this week. Um, we've been doing uh, we've been running a Kickstarter, but we're gonna talk about that more in main bit of this episode, so that's yes. what the main topic's going to be. Oh,
1: surprise, the the theme this week is Kickstarter. <laughs> I thought was...
0: we said it, but I don't think we did. <laughs> but um, we'll talk about that in a bit. I yeah. think that works better there than here. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last week, we watched uh, an actual, an absolute load of Summer Games Done Quick, or SGDQ, which I've had to write down in my notes th- phonetically, because if I look at the letters, I can't say it. I say, like, SGDQ. I might have said it right. SGDQ.
1: What were your favourite Summer Games done Quick, Stefan?
0: Okay, so um, Summer Games and Quick is like a big speedrunning event. We mentioned it um, a few weeks ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I really enjoyed all of the... There was a bunch of different runs of a game called Celeste that I played back in January. It's a really good um, two-dimensional platform game, but it's like a really, really hard platform game. Kind of like... I wouldn't say it was like harder than Super Meat Boy, but it's probably of like a similar... Elk, just kind of like less gory and more kind of uh, it had a it had a very nice kind of like uplifting message to it which was nice which i'm not sure if you can say uplifting message about super meat boy oh no unless you like super meat
1: <laughs> <laughs> boys
0: so um celeste is an amazing game i had a really good time playing it like um, when it came out back in january and it took me ages to complete it and it was really difficult and it was like one of those things where when i finally reached the end of the game i was like i kind of like breathe a sigh of relief and like i've heard all about these like extra hard levels and stuff that exist within the game that i don't want to try because they look really hard and difficult and then um, there was a bunch of speed runs and one of them was a competition between two people running the game at the same time so you could finish it the fastest and they were both like it was basically like neck and neck all the way to the end and they were like really really good like squeezing through gaps that you shouldn't really be able to squeeze through and making jumps that just seem impossible. But then um the most impressive one, like there was what was there's a thing called um the, the TAS bot section and mm-hmm. Taz stands for tool assisted speedrun. So that's when they kind of they kind of get like they, they kind of make like the perfect run of a video game. So every single jump and every single action they kind of program it in and sort of have it all play once as this kind of perfect kind of like computer version of a speedrun. Mm-hmm. and that was incredible because it was just like it was like every single movement was perfect and it was doing stuff that shouldn't even be possible But because they can like program stuff in frame by frame they were just getting all these frame perfect little skips and hints and jumps and stuff and it was really really cool
1: how like if someone was like do you want to watch a video game played really quick would you be like oh hell yeah or would you be like Uh, if you were hearing about it for the first time.
0: I mean, I think there's a reason why this event has become so big, and that's because the whole premise is, hey, do you want to watch a video game done quick? (laughs) So, like, I think that that was the thing that got me in the first place. It was just literally, like, I, I remember hearing about it a few years ago on Twitter, and it was like, come watch video games be done quickly. And that was that's all I needed. That was the hook that I wanted.
1: I'm not sure if it... I can't remember my reaction to it. I'm not sure if it sold me straight away. But once you start watching it, it's like, it's so good. Um... The football was on this weekend while we were watching um, the Mario Maker speedrun, and I was yelling during that. Nah. <laughs> I was, like, feeling, like, okay about it, because my neighbour was just, like, yelling about football. So we're all screaming, like, it's that okay. weekend. Everyone
0: finds their own thing to scream about.
1: Oh, but you just get so into it. It's so good. That's why
0: people like football. They get really into it. This is people my were, like football. all of the sports this is this is like our sports
1: make Mario go really fast yeah That's I'm that 's what i 'm
0: interested in. that Mario maker one was really good though just because those Mario maker levels like i would have I would have understood if the first few times they went through those levels they kept like dying or something mm-hmm. because these were like levels that were put together and there were all manner of different hazards and different bits of like trickery and stuff to catch people out. And like half the time they were playing these levels for the first time having never seen them before. And they were just like getting every single spot on jump and jumping off shells and doing all these kind of real like next level things like picking up a shell and then throwing it in the air and then jumping off that shell and then spinning to a high platform that you shouldn't be able to get to. And it was very good. It was very impressive.
1: If you were going to speedrun run a game, what game would you speedrun?
0: I would want to say a Sonic game, but I don't think I'd be... I think I'd be able to do really well at like a Green Hill Zone like act one and I think it would just all <laughs> just fall the, apart just after the then. one I think I, I remember used to, I think I used to do that on my game gear when I was younger I used to play the first Sonic game like Sonic 1 you used to play like um, act one and see how fast I could finish it and I think I used to be able to do it really quick mm-hmm. but I think anything after that gets way too tricky yeah. and then you have to start learning like all the kind of like cool tricks and stuff mm-hmm. there
1: are a lot of just... cool tricks and summer games done quite.
0: quick so many and the Spyro 2 run was quite fun that we watched the other day
1: mm-hmm. yeah. so that was a
0: game that you played a bunch when you were younger right
1: yeah, there was a Spyro 1 and a Spyro 2 One, and I wanted to put them on while working, but they were too interesting, and I couldn't not actually yeah. them my full <laughs> attention. But, like, the first uh, this first speed run, the dude was just charging throughout the whole game, and very stressful. I couldn't do a speedrun. Yeah, I'd the, get way too stressed.
0: Char- you said charging was, like, a really tricky thing to get precise or something, right?
1: I mean, I haven't played it for a while, but I don't remember the controls being that, Great. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, what else was there?
0: I mean, I really liked the the Spyro Two run just because the way that they were going through. There was a whole thing they were talking about about how the because of the memory that was available on the PlayStation, most of the levels were designed to be in a circle. So mm-hmm. if they were able to skip a certain wall at the start of the level and be able to get over it, they'd basically just be straight at the goal right away. And I think that was really fun to see.
1: The main villain on Spyro 2 is called Ripto, um, and as soon as he showed up on the screen, Steph did like this really big laugh and was like, "Who's he? He's you!" <laughs> <laughs> and I th- I mean, I'm still reeling from that sick
0: burn. <laughs> I think that that. Th- I think there's been many, many characters that I've looked at and said <laughs> that to you over the over a, the last week, at least, so...
1: How would you... I describe Ripto as a... I think it's Ripto, um, as a small Dracula. Like, that's the kind yeah, of Yeah,
0: okay. Kind of like, um, a small small potato Dracula.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. welcome. <laughs> <Like>, um, <laughs>
0: uh, what have I got? Oh, there's a mystery beep going on in our world. That's strange. Um... I really enjoyed watching... Okay, so um, there was a, a, a Mario 3 race on the SNES, mm-hmm. so Super Mario 3, and it was done by these uh, these two speedrunners whose names I do not remember, but they were both very good. But um, at one point... And, like, I didn't realise what happened at first, but, like, the one, one, of the, the, one of the runners, their game just completely crashed at one point. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, no, that's awful. And then um, the guy that he was running against... Was kind of like really apologetic and saying, "Oh no, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," and then that guy kind of waited for the other person to sort of catch back up in the game. It was this really nice show of sportsmanship, but then I remember, fine, I think I read into it afterwards, and um, it was something to do with the the one guy had like um, he pulled off a certain move and he'd stamped his foot on the floor, <gasps> and because he stamped because it's like an old games console because these were like running off like old or like old Super Nintendos, um, it basically like. It, it would it would broken the contact between the cartridge and the console yeah and it's to, it was something to do with the old Super Nintendo was built in such a way that it keeps checking the cartridges in yeah so because it's always checking if there's even a disconnect between the cartridge and the console for even where like a did, second
1: where did you hear this was I this? read it
0: on the internet that's oh. like no that's it's like literally going into like all the, the architecture of these old games consoles and stuff yeah so because like they want to do like these authentic runs and stuff like mm-hmm. so they they were using proper snazzers and so but then so in this run like um let I say runner a i wish i'd remember the names runner a like got caught back up and then they kept going it was really cool but then there was a moment near the end when um and it was like really near the end as well yeah. and the same guy who did the stamp from before i think he dropped his controller on the floor and it happened again <laughs> <laughs> but it was really heartbreaking because it was, like, propping near the end. But it was still, like, a really nice show of sportsmanship because, like, uh, I, I bet there's probably been runs like that before where the other person's just kept on going because of, like, in the name of, like, doing getting the fastest speed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the Sonic the Hedgehogs of the speed running of the world, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotta
0: go fast. But, um, yeah, it was a really nice show of sportsmanship and... I mean, I guess because it was his fault as well.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I was gonna be yeah. like, "Oh, that's so wholesome," but now I'm like, "Oh, you fool!" Th- there was
0: there was a thing where the person who's get whose console got reset, he did post up a meme like a couple of days later where it was like things that can ruin your your Super Mario 3 run. And it was showing, like, certain, like... It was, like, three of the bits for certain levels. And then the fourth one was, like, the face of the person who did it. <laughs> but I think they're really good friends. And I think the guy liked the tweet. So it's all, it's all like, in good fun. And it was, like... It was one of those memorable moments. Like, it's, it's nice with, like, an event like this that there are always, like, certain things that stick out
1: and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Some of the games so quick is, like... Uh, done live but you can watch like all the streams and stuff now like oh
0: yeah they've put everything up on youtube kind of all sectioned up nicely so if you search for summer games done quick uh 2018 there's like loads of games and if you go on the um if you go on the main there's some games done quick website there's like a whole list of all the games that they covered so Mm -hmm. chances are there'll be a game that you've played and you get to watch someone play for it really fast and you get to see like loads of bits where they skip like areas and Whole sections of the game and stuff like that, and it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, the only other one I've got written down is The Cuphead Run.
1: Yeah, I'd recommend watching that one because that's really fun. That
0: was amazing. I, it was amazing because it's the first time I think we've seen some of the later game stuff because we're very <laughs> bad at that game. Um, okay. I speak for yourself. Um, did you ever finish it?
1: We. I don't have time to play the
0: video <laughs> game. Then, I don't think... You, if you haven't finished it, you can't I, say anything. I, I You're better than good... I was. You played more levels than I did. Yeah,
1: and then I ran out of cuphead time. Oh, i Cuphead good. time I'm, for you. I am the solid okay
0: cuphead. Well, let's start you training for your cuphead speedrun. No, it's just your your Summer rules. Games Done Quick but 2018. Yeah, I remember watching that run. There'll also be a winter Games Done Quick. Or is it autumn Games Done Quick? Or is it awesome Games ooh, Done Quick All the, the seasons... I don't know, there's there's another one probably for the year, and they they always do it for charity, so this time around they, they raised um, two million in donations for Doctors Without Borders, and I think the other one they do, they raise money for a cancer charity, which I can't remember off the top of my head which one it is. But It's really, it's really awesome, yeah. Yeah, it's good that they do it for a good cause. <laughs> yeah. And they have, like, all these kind of extra things, like, extra incentives for people to, like... Like, if they reach certain amounts, there'll be certain added, like, criteria added to like the run like a certain thing has to be done or they'll add like well, they bonus could, runs in yeah
1: yeah like and the mario odyssey run was like a bonus run right yeah
0: that was that was like um they they unlocked that as like the kind of the one to come before the big finale yeah and it was like really good because the, the, the speed that they go through that game and collect moons and advance through is just like unreal
1: I watched Mario go so fast. It was gr- faster,
0: wonderful. Faster than Sonic might have ever gone. Oh, gosh. Oh, God, there was a whole Sonic blog that was really good. I oh, forgot yeah. about that.
1: Basically, look, it was really good. You should watch it. I if mean, you like, catch it next time. If you
0: like the old 2D Sonic games, like Sonic 2, and there was a run of Sonic 3 and Knuckles as well. I think those were, like, one after the other. So it was, like, Sonic 2 and then Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Like, those runs were amazing because it was just, like... There were a lot of like weird glitches where they would be in a certain position and do certain camera things and all of a sudden they would like fall all the way through the level and be at the end. And it was like, it was, it was very good. I enjoyed it. Uh, also this week I've been playing video games. Oh. So, um, I've been playing a lot of Hollow Knight on the Switch. That's a really nice game. Um, it's very, it's very cute and gothic.
1: Mm -hmm. So I think
0: you'd have a good time playing it.
1: I would agree. I've watched you play a little bit of Hollow Knight. I does look pretty gothic. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's gothic, but it's also cute. It's yes. also very disgusting. I came across a, an enemy this morning that. Uh, when you, when you, when you hit them with your, your nail, you have like a big long nail thing, it's Ew, not a sword. I
1: thought it was a sword, it's a nail?
0: Yeah, like, That's you're gross. all kind of, um, it's because In you're all beetles, basically, you're all, yeah. uh, all the bad guys are kind Aww. of based on different, like, insects and beetles and stuff like that, so instead of a yeah. sword, it's like a long nail thing.
1: That's fun.
0: So, um... I I think I hit it, like, three times with my nail and then it kind of split in two, but then the top half of it started flying towards me and then (laughs) as soon as I beat that up, the bottom half kind of came to life and started rampaging towards me with a bunch of, like, a new set of teeth and stuff. So it's it's very cute, but it's also very disgusting at the same time.
1: I guess that makes sense. Like, who's giving small tiny bugs swords?
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's the story that's, like, unwinding. It's, like, finding (laughs) out, like, kind of finding out like why you're doing what you're doing and I still have no idea why don't, I'm doing anything yet. don't
1: spoil it for Steph you're only so many levels deep
0: I, spoil, I think I'm about halfway through
1: I'll check you out oh
0: thanks <laughs> I think mean, like it's, it's the kind of thing where it's um like a Metroidvania kind of game so it's like the whole kind of thing where certain areas you can't get to until you've found certain abilities mm-hmm. and once you've unlocked those abilities you get to like do like double jumps or dashes and stuff that'll let you get past obstacles you couldn't get past before. And yeah, it's really good. It's really difficult. It does a whole thing where like, if you die, you lose all of the in game currency that you've collected. So you have to go back to where you died and kind of beat up a shadow version of yourself to get all your money back,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which is all right. But there's times like if you die on the way to get your, if you die on the way back to where you died before, you Mm -hmm. lose all the money you had. So if you've like collected like a lot and haven't like bought anything with it, you could just lose, like, a lot in one fell swoop.
1: I haven't played any video games, because I've got a lot of work to do. But <laughs> I have been thinking a lot about the Spyro remaster. Which is out really soon. Yes. And I've been thinking about Ublets a lot, which just looks really good. That looks really... Um, one of the games that
0: I noticed that was out for Xbox that I forgot about, um, did I ever show you a game called Slime Rancher?
1: Um... No, but I've seen lots of merch of it and it looks really cute. Yeah,
0: that's on... You can get that on Xbox. I had no idea until, like, this morning. Do you
1: just ranch (laughs)
0: slimes? Well, I know about it is that you pretty much farm slimes, but it's like... I think there's way more to it than that. I think... Even if there isn't, it looks very cute and the... like. I think because it's like a whole three-dimensional kind of dynamic, it's kind of... It looks fun.
1: We should get all my work done and then we should... Just farm the slimes.
0: Yeah, 2019, <laughs> we'll farm some slimes.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> um, the other game I've been playing this week, um, I heard a bunch of good things about a game called Slay the Spy, which is out on uh, PC and Mac and stuff. And that's like a really cool, like, it's like a roguelike card game. So instead of like a typical roguelike sort of like, let's say like a roguelike platformer game, like you're going through and each time you die, you start from the start and go through it. In this game, you kind of collect... You have, like, cards to start with, and you use the cards to do fights, and then every time you beat a a monster, you get extra cards, and then you sort of, like, build a deck all the way through the game. And then if you die, you have to go all the way back to the start, where you're starting deck again and start over. So it's it's nice. It's a good... I've only played a few games of it so far, but I can understand why there is so much hype behind it. But that's good. That's out on Steam now. Nice. Nice. Okay. That was all of the things this week that I've got written down. Yes. So we should talk about our main topic this week, which is...
1: Kickstarter.
0: Kickstarter. So, um...
1: Stefan, hi. what is a Kickstarter?
0: A Kickstarter is, like, a really cool pre-order thing. It's like a better pre-order than doing just a regular pre-order.
1: It's only a pre-order thing if the project gets funded, though.
0: Yeah, okay. it's, it's a I... pre-order with risks.
1: I cut you off. What were you going to say?
0: I was just going to say it was like it's like a, a more interesting pre-order. Because we are, we've done like pre eth kind of things before, and it's just kind of more of a.
1: I will hey, explain. Come get this thing.
0: Whereas Kickstarter is a thing where you you have a a target.
1: Okay, so basically Kickstarter is like um, you have a campaign, and it can run for like fifteen days, thirty days, more than that many amount of days. I think thirty is like the average that people do it. And like you set up your page, and you're like, I want to make a thing. This is how much money it will cost me to make the thing. Um, you can. Basically buy you can help me make the thing and I will give you the thing in return and you get like prior like rewards and stuff Like and then you have 30 like, days to meet the goal And if you make it then you've got the obligation to make the thing you get to make the thing I I
0: think my description of it's a cool pre-order pretty it much It was like
1: <laughs> a pre-order kind of It's a
0: cool pre-order It's a cool pre-order It's also really exciting and really, really stressful if you're running one <laughs> Yeah but, um, yeah, so uh, should we start with like talking about the current one, or should we start with talking about the original one?
1: Uh, we should probably s- let's do a quick nod to the to the first one and then talk about the current one. Oh, I on think our, there's a
0: lot more than a quick nod. Okay,
1: uh, well, just we we're, we're doing a sec our second Kickstarter ever. Yeah. So baby's second Kickstarter campaign. We're trying to make a thing. Yeah. And but we well, have we not- done a Kickstarter before. Maybe we should talk about that.
0: Yeah, so way back in 2015... Yes. Like...
1: Correct.
0: <laughs> you'd, you'd put out three black and white sort of mini collections of our Super Adventure comics.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: And then I imagine... This is like my, uh, my interpretation of the events that I think happened, because it's a bit foggy. I think you woke up at 3am one night and you screamed, Eureka! There will be... <laughs> full colour our Super Avenger book and it will be a hardback book and it will be really cool and oh no I've googled it and it's really expensive to make that kind of book and I don't have that kind of money straight away
1: that is, is that what happened no that's really not
0: I think, I, I think some I think I remember what of, happened okay what
1: happened okay well I was like I want to do I want to do a book in colour I could only afford to do them in black and white and just do small books so I want to do a big colourful book and I couldn't afford to do it but I remember we were driving back from a comic-con one day and I was like yeah let's do it let's let's turn to Kickstarter because I can't afford to do it myself but hopefully even people like our super adventure and maybe they also want a big book and I think that was like a year before we actually launched it
0: yeah I I feel like it was an idea that you were bandying around for a while
1: yes but then we were super prepared when we did it.
0: I think you were super prepared. I don't think I had much to do with it, really. Because this is like... This is still like... This is while I was back still, like, working a full-time job and stuff. And I think you were the brains behind everything. Like, you read... Thank
1: it... you. Oh, shit. <laughs> I played very fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, I think you read up a lot on what to do to do a successful Kickstarter. And I remember you being full of, like, useful wisdom and tips and whatnot. Okay, so how did you start planning for that first Kickstarter?
1: Okay, so I figured out when I wanted to get all the books and stuff, because it's like you run a like a campaign usually for like a month. So and then I think it's two weeks until you get your money from the campaign and stuff, and then you've got to do like your printing, which is about a month as well. So I knew what like I wanted the book for, so I was like, okay, so if I want it for this date, I have to do the campaign like this far in advance, and then it was like, how much of the book have I got to finish? Um, And then I was like. Uh, for planning it and stuff like and so you mean like setting up my page and stuff like that
0: oh, i just mean in terms of like timelines and stuff so i guess for like um for you it was was it like getting it in time for the main convention season in the uk
1: i think so i think i wanted it for Fort bubble and i missed it by a weekend Wait, really? <laughs> How? I I think that's what
0: happened. Because that, kind of that was when oh, no, thought no. Bubble was back in November. So no, no.
1: I think it was Glasgow MCM.
0: That was right, yeah. Yeah. Because I think we um I was going through those photos the other day, and you've got um the one of your tables set up at Glasgow. It's mm-hmm. got it has our super adventure on the price list, but it just yeah. has a little thing over it saying pre-order now. on WWE So whatever. So um yeah, I think we we want we wanted it for Glasgow, but. So uh, it just didn't arrive in time
1: my my first hot hot tip is figure out when you need it by when you need to run your campaign in regards to when you need it by and then do your campaign even earlier because you know you might have a hiccup <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> give yourself probably, some wiggle room you should do that with every deadline it's probably
0: good that it didn't arrive then though because i think there's a whole thing to be said for um, when people run Kickstarters and before they've sent books out to the people who backed on Kickstarter, they're already selling it at conventions. Because I've seen uh-huh. that happen a whole bunch. I read I read a thread recently. I was like reading a lot about Kickstarters before we did the most recent one. And there's been cases before where people have been told... Like, where basically um, people have gone to a convention mm-hmm. and been like, oh, like, they've seen the person they bought a, a book from off Kickstarter... Yeah. And then being like, oh, hey, I I backed this on Kickstarter, but I haven't had my copy yet. And they've just been like, oh, here you go. Yeah. And then just, like, ticks it off a list, like, at the convention. But it's, like, a case where they've been selling it at the convention, for like, less than they were selling it for Kickstarter. So oh, it's this no. whole kind of weird dynamic where it's not yeah. quite done.
1: If you're making a thing and you're planning to then, like, have surplus of the thing to sell it shows... You really should give everyone who backed your Kickstarter the thing first.
0: Yeah. It's just nice. I think that's what's gone into a lot of our planning for the current Kickstarter we're doing, is that (laughs) we've basically planned it so we'll get the books a good few weeks before we hit any conventions, so we can get all of the stuff actually sent out to people who've backed.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I think is important. I think the people who backed it on Kickstarter are definitely... That the other people who deserve to get it first, you know. So yeah,
1: yeah. and if it's like running a Kickstarter as well, it's like you're asking people to like put money into a project that you already want to do. So it's like the the least you can do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing first is a big deal. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Just I figured out when I needed it by. I should have planned myself a little more wiggle room. But now we're doing the second Kickstarter. We we planned that all out, so it's okay. Yeah, we
0: did some serious planning. We we got like a a big whiteboard in our office, and we did a lot. We got we did a lot of like <laughs> standing dramatically at the whiteboard and putting dates down and figuring out stuff and yeah. timelines and everything. I've got like a big spreadsheet of costs, and it's pretty wild. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes. You kind of have to do a bit of guesswork when it comes to like figuring out a Kickstarter. Um, what, what amount you're going for on Kickstarter especially when it comes to postage you kind of have to just like think how many people from what countries are going to be back in this because mm-hmm. you have to take that stuff into account as well and it's very weird so um when it comes to the first Kickstarter do you remember sort of do you remember like what it was like when you first like pressed the button to make it go live like how did it, how was that mean how did it make you feel
1: I'm very excited and also incredibly nervous yeah. <laughs> I remember it very vividly.
0: Well, wait, what and happened then... next? I don't. I, I don't remember this stuff at all. Like no, I was like, I do. I was barely there. I was like, still work. It was like I was working. It was the summer, so it was like super hot as well. So
1: I thought you were with me when I launched it, weren't you? Yeah,
0: but I was probably very um, tired and not all there. Um, like, I when remember... we re- when we recorded the Kickstarter video, like you can still watch the Kickstarter video for the first book, and I am like the most tired, miserable person in it because I I think I'd got back from work the one evening and I had fallen asleep on the sofa. And then you wake me up being like, Oh, we need to record the video for the Kickstarter. Like we've got all I want to do all these like little bits where like it's us in the car and us in bed and all that stuff. And I was like half awake and I'm really grumpy and like groggy in it. It's really funny. The
1: the Kickstarter the first one did really well, so were you not expecting that? <laughs> Cause you were all sleepy in the video. That's
0: the point I was making. Yeah, I mean like, I wasn't
1: I, was... I wasn't expecting it.
0: And I had to edit that like video it. together as well. Like, oh,
1: And then a lot of people saw it.
0: (laughs) A lot of people saw it and it's still there now. So if you want to go watch a video of me being really weird and grumpy and tired, go check out our Super Adventure on Kickstarter, (laughs) the first one. (laughs) It's a very funny video and so I was very cute and twee in it and I'm just sad and grumpy and miserable because I was so tired and sleepy and I'd had a big long day at work.
1: Yeah, I feel like I was much more twee three years ago.
0: I think you're still pretty, toy. Thank you,
1: I think. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, like, um, with the first Kickstarter, so, like, again, like, I don't remember, like, my my, my memories of this is, like, so fuzzy now because it was, like, like three years ago. So, like, at what point did you know that it was, at what point did you realise it was going to, like, hit the target?
1: Um, I think we hit, like, oh, 50% on the first day. I think it was funded on the second day. So it was yeah. really fast, but it was like, it was crazy because I wasn't expecting the response it got. So it was just kind of, it was just... When you have a Kickstarter campaign, there's like the amount uh, raised listed on the page and every time someone pledges, it like automatically refreshes. So I remember like, watching the screen being like, what the hell? Because <laughs> yeah. it kept refreshing and being like, this is amazing. Like, um, but it was really, I think I think I got on the second day which is such a relief because I think that sounds right yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice once the campaign's like funded you're like okay we're gonna make the book now like it's happening and it's a very big relief so that was really great but yeah. I think just watching it go I probably didn't think it was gonna get funded on the second day but like the, the response that came from it like immediate like the immediate response
0: do you know where that like where that, <laughs> do you know where, where that came from like can you pin it down to like any of like the various sort of places you were posting stuff on the internet or was it just kind of
1: um I think I guess this was like my first big book and like I've been posting it online for I don't know how many years but that point but like I think it was
0: like three you started posting them like late 2012 online yeah so I think 2012 Thought Bubble was the first one that you had uh, the first like little black and white um like zine version of it I guess
1: yeah so, I think it was just a case of, um, like, I was regularly, pl- like, updating that comic and stuff, so I think people were just like, she's making a book, <laughs> she's yeah. doing it, which is how I feel when other people do that, it's like, you want to support someone, so I guess people were like, let's go do it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I'm very thankful for, thank you everyone. It was, I
0: I, I think I was definitely playing away by how well it did, like, I think, I don't think we were expecting it to do that well, stri- like, so soon either, because I remember, like, having to- I remember we were trying to come up with um, stretch goals and stuff. Yeah. I don't think we'd really planned out anything concrete for that.
1: Yeah, I hadn't planned, like, any stretch goals whatsoever before doing the campaign. Like, I planned everything else, but, like, I just wasn't expecting the campaign to get funded. Like, I, was, I thought it was going to take like 30 days to do it. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, having a conversation with my brother before it went live, being like, oh, I want, I think it's £4,800. Um, And being all like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> like I'm gonna raise that. Which, like,
0: that's, um, that was like, that's was, that was such a huge amount too. Like mm-hmm. that, it it seems so like it seems so weird that now that it got funded within that space of time. Because I don't think, like, definitely like in terms of like when we were going to conventions or doing like making doing online sales or anything like that. I, I don't think we were ever like in that ballpark. Mm, like yeah. pr- prior to that, so. Yeah, it was really that was really amazing how how it kind of took off. Yeah, and then how it kind of, I mean, it, and like so, your original goal was four thousand eight hundred, and then what did you end on? It was twenty one thousand
1: something pounds. I which think
0: is which is crazy, is it? <laughs> which really <laughs> I is.
1: Don't, I, I don't know how much that would have been in dollars because like the exchange rates changed so much since uh, yeah the referendum. Ooh, and also books have got a lot more expensive to print <laughs>
0: because, because of that too yeah but, um so yeah um was i around when we when we had the first book delivery no so yeah, it what was, was nightmarish what, so what is and i, I want to just preface this with something i remember i was the person who campaigned very hard for it to be a hardback book
1: It mm-hmm. oh, looks so, awesome
0: thank you but then I'm also very sorry for the next bit of the story because I feel like it probably wouldn't have been <laughs> as big a delivery if it were if it wasn't uh, a hardcover book. But um, looks really good. It looks can't follow being right. a hardback. But um, yeah. So what was that first delivery? So basically, I think what what happened with the Kickstarter, like in between, while the Kickstarter was running, I think it ended up it eventually became the time that I was off for the summer. So mm-hmm. I remember helping you finish, um, like like art stuff for the book so I helped like flat some of the pages and put the final like files together and stuff like that mm-hmm. but then by the time the books arrived from the printer that was when I was back at work in September yeah so I would have been back at school working so what was the first book delivery like
1: so I think before the Kickstarter as well like when I was doing my self-published I mean, it was all self-published but when I was doing the black and white comics I was probably ordering them in runs of like a hundred two hundred copies at a time so um i think this kickstarter we i think i have 800 and something people had got a book from the kickstarter so we ordered about like one thousand three hundred copies of this book to fulfill the kickstarter and didn't have so much shows um so obviously i never we'd never had that many books come to our house no. um and I like we've moved house now um so we have our living room is more accommodating for books, which is great. But like in our old house, which the Kickstarter books turned up to, it was a really small house uh, with a really narrow hallway, and basically oh, we um, lived
0: on a really narrow road as well, which is worth yes. bearing in mind. <laughs>
1: so, uh, someone turned up with uh, a thousand, a thousand books, a thousand hardcover hardcover books, two hundred pages. It was like not two hundred; it's two hundred forty pages or something. Yeah,
0: two hundred twenty-four. <laughs> and that was like that's basically like one big one big pallets worth of books,
1: and this is like really fun. When I say really, really fun, it's not it's the worst. Um, so the driver turned up, and it was a case of. I think when when most uh, deliveries they deliver them and they expect they don't expect to be delivering something like this to a residential area and like they expect me to have like a forklift or something <laughs> and I don't it's just me so it was like I was running outside grabbing boxes running back inside and just running to and from um, the room I was putting books in back to the lorry while the driver kind of like bought some stuff to like. The doorstep. I've had, like, very varied deliveries since then.
0: Wait, so was this one, like, the, the, the horrible one we had here where you have to take the boxes off one at a time?
1: Um, I can't remember. Because we've had a few shipments to that house before. Yeah. So I've got them kind of muddled. Some were a lot worse than others. Yeah. Um,
0: I think I was only ever there for ones that seemed quite painless. Ones mm. where they just lowered the pallet onto, like, onto, like, the, onto, like, the road and yeah. put it in the other pavement and See, then we just ran in with the books and it wasn't too bad. So I don't think I was ever around for one of the bad ones in the old house.
1: Yeah, because the thing is as well, it's like if a lorry driver's waiting on you to get all your books out of their van and you're you're me <laughs> and you've got little needle arms and little legs and you can't go that fast.
0: And they're just turning going, what do you mean you don't have a forklift truck in your uh, in your terraced oh, house?
1: And you just, you feel absolutely... It's just, it's, it's very traumatic.
0: <laughs> it's, I mean, talking of trauma... Yeah. I kind of do want to do a little side journey into that really bad delivery we had at this house okay yeah so like for, for the listeners out there um we we live in a kind of
1: how cold is that
0: yeah like kind of like the very end of like a couple of windy roads so they're not the nicest roads for a big lorry to go around in the first place mm-hmm. but um forget that the, the, um, <laughs> the dri- in this in this story um the driver couldn't actually find where we lived. So I had to drive out to find the driver. It was
1: mm-hmm. like it was a
0: driver from from Lithuania because we got our books from like a, a book printing place in Lithuania. And so um, the driver didn't speak any English. So I after I after I eventually found the driver who was like um, on this kind of like weird busy roundabout near where we live.
1: Oh god. I
0: then had to kind of like um, it's this whole kind of. I think my biggest nightmare is not being able to communicate with someone. Yeah. So that I was like. I was, like, living this world nightmare where I was, like, trying to, like, just... I, I think I ended up just being kind of like, I'll just, like, follow me, follow me kind of thing. And then so we ended up getting back to where we live. But um, it's this kind of weird thing where we live in a bit of a close where there's a couple of, like, there's a couple of weird things you drive under to get to, like, car parky bits. And the, the lorry pulled, like, all the way into the close and kind of blocked those, both those entrances to the car park bits.
1: Yeah.
0: And also, it was raining. And also it just got into like half five, six p.m. in the evening, so like everyone getting back from work time. And then, um, also, he didn't have a tail lift on the lorry, so we had to start just, like, taking the boxes off one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And then, like, we had neighbours who wanted to leave. There oh were people who were getting God, back they from were work.
1: So angry. We were
0: soaking wet because we were, like, taking in these boxes, like, two at a time off the thing. And they'd been packed in smaller boxes than usual as well. Yeah. So instead of just being able to carry, like, a, like, an armful of, like, two boxes, and that'd be quite significant, like, the boxes were, like, half the size, so you couldn't stack up quite as many. And I think... That was, like, only about a month after we moved into this house, and I think we basically just solidified that all of our neighbours probably hate us and probably hate us to this day because of
1: it. <laughs> ever since, though, like, we've, like, set up with our printers like, oh, um... You have to, if you deliver it, please please. have something to lower it onto the ground. So just leave it as a pallet. This is so much less stressful. We've
0: discovered that you can request having a delivery with a lorry with a tail lift and just having that facility and then being able to like lower it down and just put it, just be able to like wheel it over to the front door so we can just take in the books that way. It's so much nicer. and It's so much less stress. I just, yeah. so that's like the one that's like the one thing that isn't quite glamorous about the whole Kickstarter process it's like that actual kind of like getting all the stock I mean everything else is fine because it comes in like small boxes but those, <laughs> those books are like sizes. it's
1: quite exciting, I mean it's a little bit scary as well because like your books arrive and you're like are they okay? Did everything print alright? There's not going to be a weird like accident oh, or anything. Oh yeah, like it hasn't
0: been like a, are there any spelling mistakes in the books?
1: Yeah and then but you opened up the first box and hopefully you proofread it really well and you checked over it a million times before you sent those files and you check, you see it's okay, it's all good and then you're like I've got a thousand of these and then you've got to figure out where to put them all while you are fulfilling the Kickstarter yeah. which is its own fun challenge
0: Yeah, so when we were fulfilling it and um, we were using, like, the Royal Mail's... It was, like, the Royal, Ma- the Royal Mail is, like, the main post service in the UK. And we were using their sort of general, like, their normal kind of, like, post website thing. Yeah. And it was, like, this weird thing where I had to keep, like, copying and pasting addresses in, then print a label, then stick a label, then copy and paste the next address, and keep going, and so on and so forth. And, like, we've since started using, like... A, like their more advanced click and drop thing where you can just like you can just import all your addresses at once and then it automatically does everything and it's so much nicer and I think I, in hindsight I wish, we'd have, <laughs> I wish I'd have known that back then because there's so many hours of my life that I think we get back from just like copying and pasting addresses
1: your eyes went so shiny during that I forgot about <laughs> all the addresses and
0: stuff I like. I think my, eye, my eyes get shiny whenever I think of times when I've discovered things that save time because yeah. like, I love I love figuring out ways of saving time if I can.
1: But it's like we had like eight hundred or so um, reward rewards to mail out, and so we were like st- I can't drive. Um, Steph drives, but he was at work, so I'd be bringing like I'd fill up my bag with books and i'd also get like two massive sainsbury's carrier bags and i'd like those really sturdy ones that you're not you, bags for life i'd <laughs> fill those up with books and i could like barely carry them so and i kind of like the post office was like five minutes away so it was you know i get i got like super buff that for like a month oh, yeah. um but i <laughs> I did turn up with all these books. Um, the person at the post office, like, she did not like me. The like, old post office was, lady
0: was not a fan of you.
1: I mean, she was, like, generally very, very grumpy. Um, like, I'd been in there before when someone was, like, trying to ask her a question and she was just not having it. And then we had a... Pro- like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry this has happened to you. But it's just, like, it was just a thing. But she, yeah. she didn't hide it. And she had, like... she. It got to the point where she started having goes at me. Like, and it was
0: awful the only thing with that though is like i don't think i think if you were turning up with like 40 parcels and then being like yes we need to do all the postage for these right now i think that would have caused so many more problems than just going in and dropping it off and that being it so um so that was awful but then we discovered this hot tip uh you can just drop post at your local post depot especially if you're booking it online if you drop it if you find where if you this is like a uk bit of advice i guess (laughs) like if you if you go to the place where if you miss a pass off in the royal mail and you have to go collect it normally if you go to that place and talk to the people who work there and ask them if you can drop your post there they're normally cool with it so thankfully ever since that we've discovered we can just drop it at our post depot and the people are normally quite friendly and happy to have it yeah, which is so much nicer than going to your, your weird local post office that's also like a shop as well, and then
1: if, yeah. them growing
0: to hate you slowly over time.
1: I would. I, I'm very happy we moved. <laughs> but yeah, I would. Yeah, I now would.
0: we can go to the post office again, and you can look people in the eye. <laughs> I
1: if you if you end up having a Kickstarter that has a lot of a lot of things for you to mail out, and you live by a tiny post office, I would I would try and research what alternatives. it's not it's just not good
0: i mean it got to the point where before we discovered we could drop them at the depot we were going um we were driving into birmingham city center and taking them to the big post office there
1: yeah and
0: a few times (laughs) even though that wasn't really great a few times we did it there was like some really really friendly people in there i think it was right after i think you'd had the the lady in our local post office had had a go at you so imagine that's why we stopped doing that but then there was like a. Re- there was like the first time we went to that one in Birmingham, I think the person was really friendly. Yeah. Because we were like, is this okay? Is it okay <laughs> for us to drop post here? Like, we got kind of shouted at the last place. And they were like, oh no, that's totally fine. I can't believe they would have shouted at you. And they were really nice. It was like a light, little ray of little ray of sunshine poking through it's, the cloudy skies. It's
1: been three years and I'm still shaking. we got so many... Really, I, so, I didn't
0: realise I had all these vivid memories of, like, the trials and tribulations of, like, dropping off posts.
1: My biggest fear is someone having a go at me or telling me I'm I'm not allowed to do a thing. <laughs> and I'm so... Oh, my God. There,
0: I, even when we were dropping the post there, though, I feel like you said you still ran into, like, people who were just, like, being super weird and unfriendly. People but... just
1: don't want to take your posts. They don't <laughs> want to take our, give... our posts. We're just like
0: there with bags of posts like, please, take our posts. Take our posts, please.
1: Luckily, we we just drive to the local depot and just drop it off. We prepay for yes. it online and drop it off and it's fine. Yep. So I'm like, thank God. <laughs> all
0: thing. We have like a whole drawer full of mail supplies and mail sacks and we've got all that stuff. Okay, so I guess that's our kind of Royal Mail segment over with. Um... So yeah, what's what's up with the Kickstarter we've got going on at the moment?
1: What is up with it? I uh, mean, <laughs> it's like
0: day day three, and we've somehow hit a hundred percent, which is wild.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you actually slapped this one up more than I did. So. Uh,
0: yeah, I spent like the last couple of months like just slowly piecing together the whole page. Um, I guess I should like go into this more. Um. So we're doing, like, a second on Super Avenger book at the moment that we're, like, we want to get funded through Kickstarter because we've got these kind of, like, grand ideas of... Whereas last time we made, like, a really fancy hardback book. Mm-hmm. I think this time the idea is that we want to make another really fancy hardback book, but this time have, like, a kind of a printed cloth spine, which is, like, a really nice finish that we've seen on a few books before. Mm-hmm. And I think that whole idea was it would be just really nice to make this, this book even nicer than the first one. Yeah. And i like, yeah, we're going to be able to do it. Like, we've hit 100%, which is amazing. Like, I can't believe we hit it within, like, the first three days. Like, because it was, like, one of those things that we kind of just didn't have. Like, because it's been three years since the last Kickstarter, like, it's not like we have, like, a tried and tested thing for how Kickstarters always go. We've got, like, the... We had, like, the one Kickstarter... And I feel like that's that could just have been an anomaly or something, but happily it's not. Like this one's doing really well, and it's a really good feeling to know that we're going to get to make this really fun book that we've put like so much work <laughs> into already. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I guess I I was just kind of like getting graphics and the text together for the page. Really, like I mean, like you, the other person who does the line share of the work because you make the comic at the end of the day.
1: Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I just helped assemble the page, which I don't think is like. A that big of a deal
1: i think it was a big deal because like you on your page to look really good it's important for it to look really good because people got to know what it is
0: that's true i think everyone could tell it's a book so my work here is done (laughs) but yeah it's exciting um we've, we've we've started thinking about things we can be doing for stretch goals and stuff now and like i really like the idea of like doing a bunch of physical things that like everyone gets so we've got like a couple of stretch goals already announced. Where we're going to hopefully get to make some holographic stickers and some postcard sets, and then put those with like all of the physical, like everyone who's backed a physical reward. Tier, we get to like give them that stuff as well, which I think makes the Kickstarter a little bit more special because it's like a thank you for sort of like backing the book at this stage.
1: Yeah, like um, I just want to quickly explain stretch goals, where it's like you you have your funding goal, and then if you hit it, you can people can still back the campaign. So it's like a stretch goal is kind of like okay well if we hit like this other amount then everyone can get stickers and like other cool stuff which is it's really fun because it's just yeah it's a nice way to say thank you and it also means that we get to make really cool extra bits and pieces i'm very excited to make holographic stickers which i don't know if we would have hit that stretch goal when this comes out um this episode comes out but it was very very close yeah hopefully they're going to be very, very good.
0: And then we can start thinking of a few other things. We've got some ideas. Yeah. Bubbling about. So that'll be really fun. Um, and yeah, like, it's kind of... I'm I'm just excited to get these books made now.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> looking forward to getting them delivered here. I
1: think, um, it's... It's like, it's, so, it's a little bit stressful, and but it's mainly incredibly exciting. It feels kind of like Christmas, because you're like, my books are arriving! Yeah. <laughs> and then, um... I don't know, it's something very satisfying, I think, just putting everything together in a nice package and then being like, now nah, this is up on its way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, was, book. that was
0: a really cool thing about the first Kickstarter because we ended up we did a bunch of stretch goals for that one and so it ended up that everyone who backed, everyone who ended up backing for a book got like a little thing where it was like a bunch of postcards and a sticker sheet and stuff and it was just really nice having those like packs and putting them together and putting them with the book and packaging it up and getting it sent off and it was like... I was like, "This is a nice package of stuff. This is like a, a bunch of stuff that I would have liked to that I would like to receive." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It feels it feels good. Um, if it feels nice to be doing another campaign like this, because I guess it's like, I I like I like the sort of the DIY aspect of a lot of stuff we do. Because like we do we do a lot of posts and sort of like mail outs ourselves. So we do a lot of like online shop stuff, and then we sort of package up the orders by hand and send them out. And it's nice having like a big project like this especially because now like i get to like help put all that stuff together and get it out without having to do a day job as well because before it was like a case of getting back from work packaging up a bunch of stuff and then like going to bed and then getting up going back to work and then getting back and packaging up more stuff so now at least we're in a position where i can just like you can be doing your other comic stuff and i can be like packaging up stuff and then like,
1: that's it. Uh, this is really good. <laughs> packaging stuffs like I think the monotony of it is very soothing, and I'm kind of jealous that I will have to work while you package everything up. I like. Sure, I like I'm putting like, everything together.
0: Well, I'll, I'll just start drawing all the comics and <laughs> just do all the packaging, and we'll see if anyone notices.
1: It's like I think that's like one of the really fun things about Kickstarter is like you back a thing and then sometimes some stretch goals will get added and you will get more than the thing that you initially paid for like i've i've backed um some kickstarters and it's just like it's just like a nice little oh this is in the post oh got my nice little thing
0: i mean i mean do we we move on from our kickstarters to ones that we've backed recently and the ones that we're backing at the moment or
1: yeah um so i really like a video game called binding of isaac uh just like a quick rundown of the game is that you play as a small naked child who fights really horrible monsters with your tears in the basement and you just keep going lower and lo- deeper and, and deeper and deeper into the basement. why you're in the
0: basement in the first place. Your mum locked you're, you in there.
1: You know, you... Uh, I think you're running away from your mum, actually. She wants to kill you.
0: I mean, same difference. She's potato, potato. Life.
1: It's great. It's a roguelite, and uh, you get different power ups. and stuff. Oh, It's really fun. I love it. Um, but they... Uh, Edmund McMillan... That, that's his name, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, he's done, like, a, a card game, uh, Binding of Isaac. So, obviously, I backed that. Because, like, yeah. I've so many hours into Binding of Isaac. Just, like, replaying it and replaying it and replaying it. So, whenever there's, like, Binding of Isaac stuff, I'm like, yeah, I think I can.
0: <laughs> so, now will be Binding of Isaac, but in card game for him.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited that's, about that. That's
0: one where um, I think there's a bunch of extra cards that have been added to the game just through stretch goals and weird sort of stretch tasks they've been doing recently
1: that kickstarter is incredibly funded oh, no, I, think, <laughs>
0: like, I think i think i think that one's almost uh, like a million dollars or something yeah so, like, it's that's, amazing but then that game is very very popular oh it's so. such
1: a good game i'm so excited to get that card game that's like. cool
0: one. um in terms of games we've we backed to kickstarter recently for a video game called knuckle sandwich yes which is by the i want to say australian video game maker i want to say andrew brophy and I might have about got that right. wrong. But um, it looks like a really fun game. It looks like it's got a very kind of weird humour to it. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like... It's not... It doesn't... like Nothing... That, there was, like, a demo version of it that you can download and play. And I can't even, like... It, it's kind of like a weird, like, top-down RPG. But then the story goes places. I don't want to spoil it because there's a really fun (laughs) reveal in the demo of, like, where stuff's going and, like, the thing that makes the the game's name make sense. But, um, yeah, it's a super weird game and it looks like it's going to be really interesting and all the trailers that have been released for it so far make it look like it's like a really weird mishmash of a lot of stuff like it was like there was like a Dance Dance Revolution-esque mini game in the bit that I've played so far and it was really cool
1: um the Kickstarter for that's ended but is the demo still available? I think
0: the demo's still available the, the demo was just on itch.io so if you go on itch.io and search for Knuckle Sandwich you can still download the demo and play it yeah It looks very good, but we backed that one, and it had, like, a really nice t-shirt that had been designed by Paper Beat Scissors online, who's a really cool guy.
1: We love him and his work. He's He's, very cool, he he does a lot of good stuff. Yeah, he makes, like, the nicest pins and the nicest t-shirts.
0: We watched it. He did a a Twitch stream recently where he was designing one of his newest enamel pins that's, like, a little, like, cat taxi, and it was the most chilled out Twitch stream I think I've ever watched. It was just (laughs) so, like, nice just watching him, like, like, put his art together. Yeah, so and
1: Chris like would watch again. <laughs> Chris draws with like the smoothing thing on high so like the brush strokes very, very super to watch.
0: Oh yeah, was, and like, also brush. like, he's like a super perfectionist. Like, yeah. it's really oh, I it was mean, really you, can,
1: you can you look at his like, work, you can see that.
0: Yeah, paper, beat, scissors, makes very good stuff. Yeah, check it out. Um, Back on Kickstarter, what else have we met recently? Oh, you just backed some Sweaty Palms anthology number two. Yes. Which is really cool. We bought the first one back at... Small ones, Press so
1: Expo. I was just going to say SPX. Oh, well, now that's you the know. We're on.
0: <laughs> but we, we picked it up from SPX last year. I think the second one's going to be more of the same. With that so.
1: I think it's like... Oh, I should double check, but I think it's like 45 Artists or something. It's an anthology. Um, yeah. So about
0: Anxiety, which... I'm sure but
1: haven't sweaty palms I'm sure there's a
0: whole bunch of listeners who listen to this podcast who know a thing or two about anxiety so if you ever want to read some cool short comic stories about that stuff yeah, sweaty palms
1: Right, check it out. I'm very excited
0: for that um, a recent one we backed was "Worldly Words of Wisdom by James Chapman who's like a pal of ours from the UK comic scene um, that's going to look like a really cool book I think um, it's a whole kind of collection does, um, his whole his whole book is kind of about different different countries having different but similar phrases for the same thing so whereas we might have like whereas we might have a saying or something like a stitch in time saves nine different countries might have different variations on those themes so he kind of like puts these kind of things all together and then illustrates them really nicely so that was one that i was really glad that we got to back so i'm really i'm really looking forward to that arriving and popping through our letterbox
1: you should check out James Chapman online or in the UK comic scene if you're at a UK show he's probably there he's at a lot of shows
0: I look for a sign that says Sandimals and that's him too
1: yeah that's that's the boy
0: okay so those are some Kickstarters that we've been checking out recently that are kind of fun you should check them out as well Um, right we should finish with some listener questions so uh, Sarah Bloomer has uh, three parts to this I'm just going to ask them one at a time Uh, how easy is it to advertise a Kickstarter and get people to back And does the fact that you've already got a large fan base help?
1: well i think with what the book is the Our super adventure book is it's like it's standalone comic strips so it basically what we do is when we run a kickstarter we just we post a comic like every day which is fun because it's like we're doing this kickstarter so it's a way to be like hi do you remember (laughs) like (laughs) but it's also like this is what's in the kickstarter so we get to show it off and we also get to, like, remind people that it's running, but, like, in a way that's not as annoying, I hope. Because it's, like... You could be, like, back my Kickstarter, back my Kickstarter, back my Kickstarter, which I'm also doing a little mix of. But um, you can be, like, back the Kickstarter. Here's a, here's something fun from it, like, sort of thing. So that's what I do. Yeah,
0: I think with with the R.C. Preventure stuff, because each one of them is... Because each comic is kind of its own thing, it kind of lends itself to... It's kind of like being able to advertise the Kickstarter, but without being so direct about it. So I know for like the first few days of this one, we were like super like trying to get the word out. Because I think anyone who kind of runs any kind of social media stuff nowadays knows that it's very difficult to actually get a message that you're... It's difficult to, if you're doing an update, getting all of your audience to actually know that that update exists. So I think most of the time now with, with some of the bigger platforms, you're only ever really hitting like maximum like 10% of the people who even who actually follow your page
1: which is like wild Um... it
0: is um but that's probably like a whole other podcast (laughs) but um yeah so I think for the first few days we were just like just really really putting out a lot of updates just letting people know it was a kickstarter and the kind of things that they could get on it so I think as long as you've got kind of like all that stuff covered and getting that awareness out then it's a case of trying to do more of that but tr- trying not to make it repetitive and annoying and I guess that's why the single comics really help because yeah. it's like brand new. It's the stuff that people want to see from you anyway.
1: Um, and also, it's also good just to make sure that you've got like a link to your Kickstarter on your profile and stuff because like I've known people have been like oh, I'm running a Kickstarter and I'm like nice and then I can't find the link to it and like, so you should make it easy. Yeah um we've got a fun we've got a fun link you made like a fun url for us
0: oh i just did com slash kick yeah i like it a lot but, um, <laughs>
1: kicking is fun
0: yeah i know i see a lot of um there's a lot of webcomic um based kickstarters that seem to happen and i think a lot of the time there it's a case where you'll see that people have read like people will go to read the webcomic like people will see the kickstarter mm-hmm. go read the webcomic and if they like the webcomic they'll be back at the kickstarter page and be like you know Saying that they read for it and now they want to back, kind of thing. So I think people being able to see what something is or get like a really good, sizable kind of like chunk of like a taste of what it is that the Kickstarter is for. And yeah, (laughs) if they start making that sound, it's a good, it's a really good sign because it means that they're. They
1: want to eat it. They want to back the book. It they 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 want to back the the book. book So they
0: (laughs) they receive it and they get their special book eating knife and fork out and their little book eating (laughs) stick. yeah this is all stretch calls though. <laughs> this is like our next couple of stretch calls gonna be like our special book eating knife and fork because did you know that but they're technically not legally edible the next our super Adventure book is 10 like in theory is edible you put it in your mouth I and start let's chewing let's not
1: put that out there <laughs> oh my, no. um
0: the the second part of this question um do you ever find that new people find you through your kickstarter
1: I feel like a lot of new people found me through my first Kickstarter. I don't know about this one, because this one's only been going for, like... We're creeping up on that fourth day, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's a
1: bit too early to tell.
0: I think you can get, like... You can probably get... I think once it's been... Once your Kickstarter's reached its initial goal on the website, you do see it... It'll kind of pop up every, like, here and there, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So there's a chance that people will kind of be... I think you do get people who go through Kickstarter looking for like like just looking through to see what projects there are and if there's something that's already been funded i think that can kind of bring a lot of attention to that so yeah oh. there's, there's always kind of that side of things but i'm not sure what scope that is really.
1: I think like um, a lot of lovely people have retweeted like my tweets about, I'm doing a Kickstarter. Um, so i probably hit like a bunch of people that weren't familiar with the comic. And like, that happens as well. It's like when I'm browsing Twitter, every now and again someone will retweet someone else's Kickstarter and I'll be like, that looks interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's this?
0: And it's always nice when you see like like, that's the kind of thing, even if you can't afford to back a Kickstarter, because, like, there's definitely been Kickstarters before that I've wanted to back, but I haven't been able to just because I've been, like, low on funds and stuff. But, like, I think a really easy thing you can do is just, like, share a link to that Kickstarter and sort of yeah. show your support that way. Because there's a, there's a whole bunch of Kickstarters that I've only ever come across just because someone's retweeted a link on Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, well, wow, this oh, thing no. looks interesting. I want to know more about it. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's just, it's a difficult question to ask because it's like I think everyone's situation is so entirely different and you can't I think you can't really plan exactly how these things are going to go
1: <laughs> bless oh, you Thank you. Hey Viva.
0: our funders camp on twitter asks how do you decide that a kickstarter is the best way to go about getting something done um, if there wasn't kickstarter would the project just not get done or would there be another way
1: how do you decide stuff
0: I mean um i i think with that say with the first kickstarter Mm -hmm. like you said before like you you went with that because there was you wanted to get a certain thing done and you costed it out how much it would cost to get it done but it's the kind of thing where like you couldn't have afforded to just throw down that money at that time for like for the thing that you wanted to get made so like getting um getting a hardback book made If you wanted to get it done in, like, small quantities, that would have made the unit price incredibly expensive. Yeah. I feel like we've always had a thing where we don't really want to make things, like, too expensive because it's nice for, like, accessibility and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: But, like, to get the amount of books made that would have made that, like, viable, like, I think the only way of doing that would have been to raise the money in advance and have a target for it, and that's what is perfect for because you know that if you don't hit that target, you're not going to make that... You're not going to make the book kind of thing. Because... It's a kind of thing like you could have, maybe you could have saved up and spent that much money on those books. But then, if no one had bought them, you'd have just ended up with a load of books and not made that money back. And that's not a way to (laughs) do books, I guess. And yeah, um, I guess with this Kickstarter as well, it's a case that to be able to, it's kind of a case that to be able to do the kind of book that we want to make, like the amount that that would cost, like outright, we really just can't afford to spend that much money all in one go without knowing that those books are definitely going to get bought i guess
1: turns out cloth spine hardback books of a certain amount of pages are very expensive
0: but it's going to be worth it it's (laughs) it's like it's it's i think we're at a position where we can make like a book that's really really nice
1: yeah i'm so excited that like the project's been like funded and stuff yeah i i don't yeah, I mean, outside of a Kickstarter, I don't think we'll be making any more cloth spine hardbacks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe in the future or some Maybe, point.
1: but like, I think this is. For now, is this
0: movie. is probably the only like nice cloth back, like cloth, cloth spine hardback book on the horizon. These, so. these
1: are going to be so extra and I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be really good
0: and I, I hope we meet a bunch of stretch goals and stuff as well because I want to make this like such a, a nice package of stuff to send out to the people who've been like supporting you from like for such a long time and for yeah. this thing as well. And it's just, it means a lot. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody.
0: Yeah. If you've already backed um, Sarah's new Kickstarter, like you're the best. Thank you and so much. And if
1: you haven't, oh my
0: God. You're forgiven. It's okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess um, that's been this week's podcast. It was very yeah. Kickstarter heavy. So I hope that's something that you're, vag- that you're vaguely interested in. Otherwise, what are you starting uh, saying here? Listening to us. Flather um, on about Kickstarters.
1: If you want to check out our Kickstarter, which I feel would be very silly not to plug on our Kickstarter episode.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, just go to sarahgraylee.com slash
1: kick. Or just search Arcee and on Kickstarter. I'm sure it will turn out. Or <laughs> just, like, just
0: like <laughs> spin around in a cycle with your eyes closed and wherever you start pointing at, that's the internet site to go on. And then just start shouting very loudly, where is the Kickstarter <laughs> page?
1: start chanting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Where is the Kickstarter page? Um so yeah thank you for listening this has been episode 6 of our super podcast now available on Spotify as wow. well as everywhere else if we're not available on your favourite podcast app please let us know and um yeah I've been Steph Perennans
1: and I've been Sweaty <laughs> Sarah <Grayley>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um and yeah uh, keep being super
1: super